This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. All right, Penn State fans, Blue White Breakdown, mid-January edition, the freezing edition. Bob Flounders with Johnny McGonigal. Uh, we're we're recording this obviously from uh, Johnny. You're in you're in Philly. I'm in Harrisburg. The whole state's freezing, but that's what we're dealing with. Um, how you doing? I know you were in Florida, but it was a tough week for us. As a, I'm a Cowboys fan, you're an Eagles fan. Penn State fans don't want to hear that, right? They don't want to hear that. But uh, it was it was it was one of the rockier uh, weekends for me, probably for you as well. But hey, we're putting it behind us. There is so much Penn State news to get to that um, it's a nice it's a nice distraction from what we had to watch on Sunday and Monday. Who who are the Philadelphia Eagles, Bob? I, I don't know. <laughs> that was pathetic. It was pathetic uh, yeah. watching watching that game against the Bucks, and I'm sure you felt similarly watching the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, get dusted by the Packers. Uh, shout out to Audrey Snyder. Daniel yeah, I was Gatton. just going to say, now I'm going to have to deal yeah. with that. For, and Rich. And Rich Garcella. Yeah, but Rich is way better about it than Audrey. <laughs> I'm sure I, I would be surprised if she wasn't texting you during the game about it. Hey, I'm happy for her. I mean, they uh, – I don't want to say they're a dangerous team, but at some point real soon they're going to be a dangerous team. Kudos to them. Sean Clifford even got into the game. It is so bad for Dallas. So yeah, hey, they, they deserve what they get. I hope there's a coaching change. But but um, speaking of change, Johnny, I got a lot to talk to you about. But why don't we just start with what uh, just became official today? It's Wednesday. Justin Lustick is the official replacement for Stacy Collins, special teams coordinator. All three Penn State coordinators that started 2023 no longer with the team. I don't know where you prioritize special teams coordination, but I will say this. I thought Stacy Collins did a really nice job with Penn State special teams uh, in 2023. Dangerous in the return game. Riley Thompson was a very good punter. They didn't give up much in kickoff coverage. So I think it's a, it, it is a very important hire for a team that needs to get it right in all three phases. Yeah, Bob, I think maybe the only knock against Stacy Collins in his two years is that he didn't go to Daquan Hardy sooner as a punt returner, but uh, you know, obviously recognizing what Daquan had and putting him in an opportunity to succeed, and, and he did succeed uh, this past season. You mentioned Riley Thompson, the FAU transfer who came in, did a really nice job punting the ball. Uh, getting Alex Falcons in as a Columbia walk-on transfer, and he was second team All-Big Ten uh, last year, and it feels weird saying last year, Bob. It doesn't feel like we're in 2024 yet, but we are. And I, I always have to remind myself of that. But, um, yeah, no, Stacy's two years, I mean, you saw progression and improvement from the special teams unit. He leaves to go back to Boise State, uh, which is where he came from. And he's a West Coast uh, guy. I guess Boise isn't necessarily West Coast, but I don't know what you would call it. Northwest guy. He's a Northwest guy. Yeah, yeah, just up in that corner, up in that area. Uh, that that's where he's from. That you know that 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 area. That's where he's coached the vast majority of his career. It was kind of a an anomaly for him to come this far east of Penn State uh, ahead of the 2022 season. Um, but they end up hiring Justin Lustig, uh, Lustig from Vanderbilt. I believe he'll also coach outside linebackers, which 
um, you know, with Chasey Collins did. He'll also coach uh, the nickel corners, uh, which is an interesting little wrinkle in there. But um, yeah, what are your thoughts on on Justin and and from what you've seen, just from his resume and uh, you, I, I guess you know, you would trust James to to hire a good special teams coordinator as he did uh, with Stacy Collins. Yeah, and uh, you know there was something on uh, on social media. Uh, one of the first people who had kind of had this news said that uh, James had had his eye on him before. I think he had been looking at this guy for a while. Uh, play, I mean, he's he's been a special teams coordinator uh, pretty much his whole coaching life. If you look at all the stops. He's been, he's been, you know, you know, he's had some other titles, but he's been a guy that coordinates the special teams. Uh, Pennsylvania guy from Erie went to Bucknell, played defensive back. Um, I think James really does value special teams. A lot of coaches just talk about it, but I don't know that some of the coaches really put a premium on it. I think he does. I think they really do help special. They help Penn State, especially when they play good defense. Um Guy sounds like he's very solid. Vanderbilt special teams in 2023. Uh, I think they had a first team all e- all SEC punter, second team all SEC long snapper. So um, overlooked part of the game. This guy has obviously done it for a long time. I think Penn State having Riley Thompson back is huge. They're going to have to settle on a place kicker they can trust. I thought Alex Velkins actually, you know, I know he had a block in the Peach Bowl. But, you know, if you look at what he did as the season went on, he wasn't really the guy at the start of the year, but he kind of won that job, was very steady. Uh, you know, I think he was one of their better, better, uh, you know, most surprising players. And it's it's an overlooked part of the game. But I do think this is a good hire. Um, I'm interested to see what he'll do. The one thing Penn State really hasn't really been able to consistently do is they got the punt return game going, but kick return um, – you know, with the way the rules are, it's kind of hard to get big returns. They could do anything in that uh, phase of the game. We'll see about that. But I think it's a solid hire. Be curious to see what they do at place kicker in spring and in fall because they do need to find somebody. Now that the Big Ten's getting tougher and tougher, they're going to need somebody who can make pressure kicks. Yeah, well, you talk about a guy coming from Vanderbilt. I mean, look, Vanderbilt's had a rough time in the SEC. They know how to punt. Uh, <laughs> And and so it's one of those where I'm sure I'm sure Justin Lustig is is very adept uh, to to mentor uh, uh, Riley Thompson, who m- might not need much mentoring to be honest with you. With the way that he performed in 2023, you mentioned the place kicking battle that's going to take place uh, this off season. You know, spring camp is in a couple months, and and it'll really heat up from then all the way to the to the you know, start of the season because we saw that happen last year where Sanders Sahadak, you know, handled the first half against West Virginia, missed a couple makeable kicks. Falcons comes in and kind of rolls with it from there. Uh, Sahadak is back, uh, and uh, they brought in Chase Meyer uh, from Tulsa, uh, who I believe made 17, 20 field goals last year. He's a preferred walk-on. Uh, and then they also have Ryan Barker, who's a walk-on as well within the program. And so those three guys will be competing for that spot upcoming. And, you know, Chase Meyer was one of six FBS transfers uh, that Penn State confirmed and enrolled uh, already, you know, ahead of winter workouts. And, you know, the spring semester started last week for Penn State. So that was important uh, to get over the line. And I'm sure we'll talk uh, about a a few more of those additions, Bob. (laughs) Johnny, before we get to the transfers, um, I think we got to give a shout out to Penn State men's basketball, right? I know we pr- pretty much we always talk about football exclusively. 
that was a really nice win for the Nittany Lions uh, on Tuesday night. Mike Rhodes uh, and the reshaped Penn State team upset number 11 Wisconsin uh, in state college. Tight game, high scoring game. They pulled away late. Fans stormed the court. I know you put something on Penn Live about that, but um, as someone you know, during my formative years at the Patriot News, I remember Mike Rhodes as a player uh, in this area, a Division three player, a star, and I know he's worked really hard to become the coach that he is now at Penn State. Uh, I think it's a big win for him. Uh, he clearly knows what he's doing. Um, I'm sure you caught uh, either most of that game or you caught the highlights, but uh, just your thoughts on kind of what that means for Penn State and for him to get that kind of win against a really good Wisconsin team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's Penn State's first win over a top 15 team in three years. Uh, they did it back in January of 2021 uh, against Wisconsin, beating them at home 81 to 71. Uh, and so they do it again, you know, last night as we record this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, the court storming, love to see it. And I, I, there is like a court storming police out there on social media. And, you know, when you do that, when you're Penn State and you're what you were eight and nine going into that game. Uh, bottom rung, you know, in, in the Big Ten, and it was it was understood that this was going to be a rebuilding year for Mike Rhodes in his first year as the head coach, taking over for Micah Shrewsbury after they made the tournament last year. Uh, so much talent leaves, and and they brought in some talent as well. Uh, Ace Baldwin coming in from VCU scores twenty against Wisconsin. Kanye Clary, I think, has really developed into a nice player, and you know, putting up twenty seven four and three against the number eleven team in the country. Uh, it was a good environment. You know, I, I wasn't there, but watching on TV, I know the students got in for free. You know, with the snow day, I heard it was half price chicken baskets there. <laughs> I uh, saw so press conference. Yeah, that's always a vibe. Uh, you love to hear that, and so yeah, a, a really good, a really good result. You know, for Mike Rhodes and his program in the early stages of of what seems to be, you know, not seems to be what is a rebuild uh, for Penn State basketball. Yeah, happy to see it. Let's see how they do moving forward. I know they were at the Palestra a little while ago. I think they beat Michigan, and Michigan's a little bit down this year, but still, uh, that's a that's a that's a school and a win that you know uh, is a feather in their cap. It's gonna be it's it's never gonna be easy in the Big Ten. We'll see how the season plays out, but good good for them. Quality win. Hopefully, they can build off of it. Johnny, let's let's get back to the transfer portal here on the Blue White Breakdown, and I, we talked a little bit about it. You mentioned they added six players. Uh, you know, they, it, it's going to be determined in the spring and especially in August, you know, what their roles are going to be and what their impact's going to be. Um, but as you look at it right now, who, who in your mind, it, you know, there's an easy answer, but I'm not sure it's the right answer. Um, given what they lost at some other positions, who do you think is maybe the most, who could be the most important addition uh, in the transfer portal uh, for Penn State? Yeah, I think you you alluded to the easy answer being Julian Fleming, uh, the Ohio State wide receiver, former Southern Columbia star, number one player in Pennsylvania. Penn State really wanted him. Uh, he comes in after four years in Columbus, and uh, you know is maybe the, the the best receiver like right away, and, and he's an obvious impact candidate. Um, one quick note on the wide receiver room as, as it pertains to Fleming and everything else. It seems like Keandre Lambert Smith is going to be back. Uh, you know, the the winter transfer portal window closed uh, last week, and afterwards he was you know put on the updated 2024 roster. Uh, the declaration day for the NFL draft has come and gone, and no news on Keandre. So 
Um, at the very least, they'll be here for winter workouts and spring camp. We tweeted out uh, something the other day uh, with regards to Penn State's NIL collective saying, you know, we are, you know, some, I think it was, we are back or back to work. I think it was. Um, and so that's a, you know, that, that's a nice piece of news for your, your leading receiver in 2023, who his role was very much diminished down the stretch. Only had two catches in the final four games, dropped his only target in the peach bowl. But um, still you look at this wide receiver room and you know, Julian Fleming is going to come in there and elevate uh, the play of that room uh, that frankly struggled. Uh, last season and so uh, but the the one that I point to uh, would be AJ Harris um, and Jalen Kimber's in there too uh, two corners from the SEC Kimber started 11 games for Florida last year uh, AJ Harris was a five-star in the 2023 class played in I believe seven games uh, for Georgia uh, this past season and you know, he's looking for playing time elsewhere, and it's a stacked secondary uh, down there in Athens. So I don't necessarily blame him for entering the portal and looking for playing time elsewhere. But, you know, we saw what happened in the Peach Bowl, and those were kind of difficult circumstances for Cam Miller and for Zion Tracy and Elliot Washington, those guys who had to step up after Kalen King and Johnny Dixon opted out. Those two were off to the NFL as well as Daquan Hardy in the slot uh, at nickel. So it's going to be. It's a very intriguing corner room, Bob. It's it's a very intriguing corner room for Terry Smith to work out, and I think AJ Smith ha- or excuse me AJ uh, AJ Harris has an abundance of talent to work with. Kimber has a lot of experience, actually starting his career at Georgia, then ending up in Florida, and now in Happy Valley. And so I think those two have a have a pretty clear path to early playing time. And I know Cam Miller will have a lot to say about that uh, in the coming months, but uh, I think those were two obvious uh, or it was an obvious need at corner. Uh, that they that they wanted to get more competition in there, uh, and so for them to get that over the line, you know, before the portal closed and get them enrolled in classes and ahead of winter workouts, I think is a big deal for them. Yeah, I think the I think I think especially Harris. Um, again, you know, coming from Georgia, being a five star, you just got to let it play out. I just remember, I'm a little hesitant uh, when it comes to the transfer portal. Penn State, <laughs> when it comes to you know defensive ends. Uh, transfer portal defensive ends. I feel good about those guys because they've been able to develop them. You know, Hunter Norzad is a great uh, transfer portal story. Mitchell Tinsley was as well, but they've also, you know, they've also had after, I just remember Cephas last year, right? I thought, I I know, I know that he wasn't quite the recruit that Fleming was. And I, uh, you know, Fleming is a Pennsylvania kid, little, little bit hesitant. just want to see it. And also I do remember, Penn State was really, really high on Storm Duck last year. Uh, the corner from North Carolina came in. Now the corner room was loaded, and maybe Storm Duck saw the writing on the wall, and he, he transferred out right after spring. But I just think we're going to need to be a little bit patient with these guys and see how they fit in. You know, they're not. Chances are, not all of them are going to work out. If they do all work out, hey, good for Penn State. But um, I, I would say the corn. I'm, I'm leaning in the direction of the corner room ads being a little bit more um, important than the wide receiver ad, but it could, it could go any number of ways. I think it's going to be uh, a fascinating offseason. This is the Blue White Breakdown. You mentioned Keandre Lambert Smith, and I don't even know what to think about him anymore. Um, We've seen the best of him in the Rose Bowl against West Virginia. Uh, he had some good. He had a big catch against Indiana, but we've also seen him 
literally in witness protection program. And I, I don't know what that means, Johnny. So we're going to wait. I was going to ask you, um, we talked about the transfer portal. Um, there were a few players from Penn State that made decisions to come back. Um, and I, I wanted to ask you, so Keandre Lambert-Smith, we're assuming he's going to be back. How would you weigh him coming back with the news that Hakeem Beeman and Devon Ellis are coming back? I think, really, um, you know, Keandre Lambert-Smith is a talented player. But given uh, the defensive tackle room, I'm not sure that those two guys coming back is more important. Yeah, I think Ellie's in particular. I mean, he had five tackles tackles for loss last year he's a he's a leader in the locker room you'd lose some of those captains Olu Fashano was a captain Theo Johnson was a captain uh Adisa Isaac and so every year there's always turnover when it comes to the leadership uh in the locker room and I think Ellie's uh you know is a is going to be a captain for this team in 2024 as I think that's really big uh Zane Durant I thought played really well uh as a sophomore at defensive tackle establishing himself as a starter uh, you look at the portal, Bob, uh, they're, they have a lot of bodies in that defensive tackle room right now and uh, a handful that I don't think are going to see the field for Penn State in 2024, maybe even 2025. And so uh, you look at the scholarship situation uh, with, with Penn State right now, uh, I did a big breakdown position by position where their scholarships are allocated right now heading into winter workouts and spring ball. And they're at 99 uh, total uh, and they need to get to 85 by the time the season starts. Uh, the portal reopens for 15 days on April 15th. Uh, and so I think you could see you're going to see an exodus of fringe players uh, from this roster uh, come the spring. And I think a few of them could come from defensive tackle. I think a couple more could still come from the wide receiver room. Uh, but Keandre Lambert Smith, at least for right now, is not going to be one of those, uh, you know, stating that he's that he's ready to work. Uh, and it's just an interesting case with him because, you know, after I go back to after the Ohio State loss, um, you know, the, the wide receiver that we talked to after that game was Caden Saunders. And I know he's from Columbus and he had a touchdown late in that game. So maybe it was easy just to throw him out there. But, you know, Keandre was touted as the number one wide receiver in the room, you know, going back to, to the offseason, uh, all offseason, all last spring. Um, and, you know, we didn't talk to him before the Peach Bowl. Uh, I went up to him in the locker room, in the open locker room after the Peach Bowl. Uh, when you know we have 20 minutes to talk to players, and if you play in the game, you're available to talk. Uh, and and he declined comment. Uh, you know he declined to answer any questions. And it's just I, at that point, I, I honestly thought, okay, like he's probably leaving. Like he's probably going to enter the portal, or maybe he's just going to test the NFL waters and 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 see what's what. Um, so I was frankly a little surprised that that things were quiet on the Keandre front. Uh, coming into you know as the portal you know kind of came to its close in the winter, so um, he's still a talented player. And like you mentioned, we saw the best of him against Indiana in the Rose Bowl, even early in the season. That seventy-two yard, yeah, the West Virginia game. Um, so he has those bursts, he has those big plays in there. Uh, but then you watch throughout the season, and there there are plays that you know either the communication is is off between him and Drew uh, the you know it, it's just um yeah i think he had a rough close of the season to say the least uh, and and maybe new offensive coordinator Andy Kotelnicki will be able to put him in better positions to make an impact um you know, and be you know a, it's tough to say like a, a more important receiver because he led them in receiving yards and receptions this year um but i don't think you saw the best of him on a consistent basis and perhaps Kodal Nicky will be able to unlock that in him. Who knows? Yeah. 
Uh, very uh, interesting player. And you're right. You mentioned the scholarships and where they're at. The numbers don't add up right now. So there, there's going to be some movement and some significant movement at Penn State, probably either at the very conclusion of spring or, you know, not not long after because the, the numbers are they just have too many kids. It's it's you know, it's going on all, you know, all across the country. Uh, it's a huge spring for the wideout room and some other positions, but uh, we'll keep an eye on that. I wanted to, I wanted to get, I wanted to give a special shout out to somebody at the end of our podcast. But before I get to that, I just have been thinking about this for a while, and I want to get your take because I bet you're going to agree with me. So we just saw Michigan um, cap a tremendous season, uh, win a national championship in impressive fashion uh, against Washington. You you had said at the start of the semifinal playoff you thought they were going to emerge. I certainly had my doubts. I thought Alabama was going to emerge, and I think that maybe it might have been that semifinal might have been actually, you know, for I think the winner of that game was was probably going to win just because of the athletes they have. But having said that, kudos to Michigan. My question to you is, given what's gone on uh, since the end of the bowl season, is there another Big Ten team sitting on a national championship year? Uh, in the state of Ohio, because I just think what's going on inside the Buckeyes program with who they've been, who they've been able to add and who they've been able to keep. Uh, I can read the list of the players, but this team clearly is not happy with how and the program's not happy with how things have gone against Michigan the last couple of years. They had a boatload of NFL talent that could have declared for the NFL draft, but has not. Marvin Harrison did, but there's you know, six, seven, eight uh, players that are coming back. I can read the list off, but Johnny, uh, with what they've done, how tough is Ohio State going to be if they stay healthy in 2024? Yeah, I mean, the key there is healthy as it is with every team, Bob. But, uh, you look at what they're bringing back. You know, Travion Henderson decides not to leave. JT Tuimoloal off the edge decides not to leave, and and the guy who. You know, JT has been a guy that every, you know, people have said for the last two years, like he's a first round talent. Uh, I don't think he's consistently put it together, uh, but he seemingly always does against Penn State. And of course, Ohio State is on the schedule next year. They bring in Quinshawn Judkins um, from Ole Miss, a running back who had over 100 yards against Penn State in the Peach Bowl. And so, uh, and then with Will Howard, a quarterback, you know, and they, they, I don't know if force out is the right word, but Kyle McCord leaves the uh, portal to go to Syracuse. Um, and and Mecca Buka is back at receiver. So they, you know, with Brian Hartline, they're going to have talent at receiver. But it feels like this team is kind of built more to play like Michigan, to run the ball a little bit more. I mean, the fact that Henderson is coming back, even with Judkins in the fold, suggests that they are committed to running the ball next year. Um, and then you look at what else is coming into the Big Ten uh, in Oregon, and Washington is on the schedule. USC is on the schedule for Penn State uh, next year. Um, you know, and Michael Penix and Caleb Williams won't be back for those two respective teams. But you look at the way they like to play. Uh, I think it was really important to go get AJ Harris and Jalen Kimber from the transfer portal and shore up that cornerback room. So um, it, it's a difficult slate for Penn State next year. We all knew uh, it would be when the schedule came out, uh, and, and honestly, when those four teams were confirmed as coming into the Big Ten, that it was going to be a tougher conference slate for the Nittany Lions. Uh, but with the 12 team playoff and everything, I, I still have a, I still have a good feeling that Penn State will be able to get that done. I know that's a conversation for another day and not on January 17th. Um, but yeah, the, the Buckeyes are going to be difficult as they always are, and 
they, they've been Penn State's boogeyman, and Ryan Day just, you know, that, that roster is loaded, Bob. Yeah. Jack Sawyer back, defensive yep. tackle, Tyleek Williams back, uh, top corner, Denzel Burke back. I mean, that Judkins-Henderson pairing, if they're both healthy, uh, running behind an offensive line that's always good. Like Judkins, I don't think really had a great offensive line um, this year, but you look what he's done in the SEC. You saw some of those runs against uh, Penn State. Uh, they kind of ganged up on him there at the end, but he made some spectacular runs. Uh, this Ohio State team, if they're healthy, and, and Will Howard can kind of fit into what they want to do, um, not a lot of weak spots in the Buckeyes. I know Penn State fans uh, really don't want to hear that, but I hope they are paying attention to how Ohio State is kind of – there's different ways, right, to build a team. and. To get everyone to not go to the NFL when they could go to the NFL is is a very creative way uh, to do that. I don't know that every program can do that, but I think Ohio State has the quote-unquote resources to keep those players in Columbus. So we'll see how that pans out. Johnny, before we uh, wrap this up, I think we both – you're going to – I want to put a smile on your face. How about Billy Fessler? How about Billy Fessler, the former Penn State quarterback – you know, played on the, the 2016 team uh, in a reserve role. Joe Moorhead always spoke very highly of him uh, and what he what he meant to the offense, even though he didn't play. Um, he was his OC at Akron this year, and now he's going to be – now he's headed to UCLA to do the same thing. Joe Moorhead told me over the summer that he's eventually going to be a head coach. He, he, You know, pay no attention to what Akron did on the field this year. They were kind of hamstrung by injuries and talent. But to see Billy – Billy Fessler get his chance at such a young age at a school like UCLA. I know Penn State's going to see him. Um, I think really speaks to what he's capable of. And I'm fascinated to watch his coaching career kind of progress. Joe Moorhead's going to have to be the honorary captain for yeah. the game when UCLA comes and plays uh, at Penn State uh, in, in, uh, in the fall. Because it'll be a really cool homecoming, too, I'm sure, for Billy Fessler, who – yeah, was a walk-on quarterback, really never sniffed the field, uh, especially with Trace and you know, Tommy Stevens was in the fold. Sean Clifford was a young was a young pup at that point, but um, he was integral though to to Penn State's success in 2016, 2017, uh, you know, behind the scenes, you know, working with those quarterbacks in that room on a day-to-day basis, uh, you know, calling in signals on game day, that kind of thing. And uh, to see his growth has been really cool. And I know you got to spend some time uh, out in Akron with Joe, uh, you know, Joe Moorhead, <laughs> just the, the best. Um, and, and really just a great guy too. And, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's pretty, it's pretty cool, um, to see, you know, Billy Fessler get this, get this pubbing, get this promotion and be on, on the up. Um, so things you love to see half price chicken baskets at the Bryce Jordan center and Billy Fessler, Billy Fessler doing his thing. Yeah. Just real quick. When I talked to Billy, he said it was a defining moment for him. Uh, he, he was, I think in business at Penn state, I, you know, really, really bright guy did an internship in Chicago. He said, you know, he, he thought he was going to get an offer at a prestigious firm and make a, make a lot of money, um, you know, in, in a completely different world. And he, he just, he kind of, he kind of paused and just thought about what he really wanted to do. And he, he said he, what he really wanted to do was be a coach, you know, in in football and in the college game. Uh, an offensive mind. And that's, you know, that's impressive in this day and age to really kind of forego. I don't want to say a sure financial thing because, uh, you know, 
you don't know how it's going to work out. But to go the hard road, to pay your dues, and to see it kind of hopefully work out. I mean, he's at a, a major, he's at a Big Ten program, you know, you know, under Chip Kelly, uh, you know, to do what he's doing. Uh, really happy for him because I don't know how many people uh, really would have made that decision, but I think it speaks to him, his character, and how uh, how determined and how hardworking he is to make that decision, you know, and less than 10 years later, see it pay off. I'm happy for Billy Fessler. I don't know him that well, but uh, I talked to him for about 25 minutes. Very impressed with him. And uh, just I think it's really a nice story, and hopefully that story continues. Absolutely. No, and and look, the, the story will continue for Penn State's offseason here, Bob, in, in the coming weeks. And uh, obviously, this won't be our last podcast. Uh, we'll be back on a, on a weekly basis, uh, you know, touching base. And, and again, I mentioned spring camp is right around the corner. I mean, it's a couple months away, uh, and it's going to be a proving ground. Uh, you talk about Billy Fessler proving himself through the ranks. I mean, this, this the next few months are going to be, you know, a proving ground for a lot of players on Penn State's roster. We talked about the scholarship situation uh, that Penn State's in right now. It's not a, it's not an issue. Like, it's not a thing to worry about if you're a Penn State fan. Them getting to 85, you know, James Franklin and staff and, and coaches across the country are, are doing kind of the same thing, especially at big programs like Penn State. Um, so you're going to see players step up and you – the little nuggets of information that we get, Bob, in terms of like, okay, here's a sophomore who was like a fifth stringer last year, but but he's playing well. Like those are things really to keep an eye on over the next coming, you know, the, the coming months because you know that portal is going to open up again on April fifteenth, and uh, expect expect quite a few departures. Yep. All right, guys, we'll be back next week. Johnny, stay warm. I'll try and do the same. Enjoy the playoffs, even though our teams aren't going to be in it. It's still a fun time of year. Guys, we'll be back next week. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Live. <laughs>